Hey gang, Ross Brand here for Live Streaming Universe and for StreamYard Connect. We're getting started a couple minutes late because my power went out. I'm not sure what's going on with my video at the moment, but uh, let's play the intro and see if we can get the show on the road. The East Coast has been uh, hit by storms here, and so uh, we've been losing our power on and off, and I lost it again right now, so... Here we go. I think it's back, and let's start the show. All right, well, we're having some challenges here, but hopefully you can hear me. If the audio is good, then it's all good on my end. I'm just going to... Uh, Go on and hope you can hear me. Let me know in the chat if you are hearing me as we've been losing power here on the East Coast. Uh, so I will just take a look at the chat and see if any comments come in about if you can hear me. My video was a little bit off uh, as the power came in and out. Uh, but right now we seem to be okay. So we will go on with... The show, very excited to bring Desiree Martinez on in just a few minutes. You may know her from all-in-one social media. She's the newest member of Team StreamYard, and I want to talk to her about video creation, her new role with StreamYard, and also PodFest Global Summit, where she's speaking on the VidFest track. Thank you, Jesse Guthrie and Beauty Bubble and Chris Rossetti, all for letting me know that the picture is coming in. Uh, and we have a lot of StreamYard news to get to, some industry news, uh, but I'm very excited to bring Desiree on in just a couple minutes. Uh, let's see if the screen share is working now. Um, this is just going to be kind of a little touch and go. If the if I'm gone, it means the power goes that went out here. Uh, fortunately, I guess there's an experienced broadcaster, so if we're in the middle of a conversation and I disappear, I know that she can continue on until I get back on and the power comes back on. So let's get on with the show as we normally do. Um, we have Desiree Martinez again coming up in just about 10 minutes. Uh, StreamYard, you know all about it, I'm sure. The three pillars, ease of use, stability, and professional-looking streams. You see the co-founders, Gage Vandentop to the left, and Dan Briggs to the right. They continue rolling out awesome new features. You can stream to Facebook Live. You can stream to LinkedIn, YouTube, Periscope, which gets you on Twitter. You can stream to your Twitch channel. And of course, there's also RTMP for destinations that don't have a direct integration. It's very easy. You just get a stream key and you bring that into StreamYard, you get a URL that you enter into StreamYard that's an RTMP URL, and uh, you connect to that destination to go live. It's really very, very easy. So that is what is involved in going live with uh, StreamYard, and those are the destinations you can use. Again, my video looks frozen, so uh, if you just let me know that the audio is still working. Looks like my computer is completely frozen. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, we are having some rough weather here on the East Coast, but I will, uh, I will continue on. 
And now I look like I'm in fast forward on my monitor as it catches up. <laughs> it's such a stable platform that I have not, in a year and a half of doing shows, had any of these issues, and none of them are due to StreamYard. Um, I was also going to talk to Jeff Bradbury today, who's an educator, and he's going to join us next week. He was in Connecticut and lost power completely, like out for five days. So uh, Renee says, audio still good, Ross, stay safe. Okay, so let's just continue on uh, the best we can here. Um, StreamYard updates. We have 1080p full HD video for pro plan users. This has been a highly requested feature for a long time, and now it is here. Um, basically if you're on the pro plan, you have full HD 1080p that you can enable. I have a video, uh, on my YouTube channel that you can see there that explains how to enable it. Basically you need to go the first time that you use it. You need to go into the studios studio and then go into the settings wheel in the studio to enable it in the general settings. So that is particularly uh, useful if you want to stream in 1080 HD to platforms like YouTube or if you want to get a 1080p recording. So that's for anyone on the pro plan. It's available. You just have to enable it by going into the studio the first time. And like I said, if you need help, message me. I can send you the video or look it up on my YouTube channel. It's it's fairly easy to do once you know where to go and look for it. If you're not on the pro plan, right now there is a trial of 1080p available. You can go to livestreamuniverse.com slash sy full hd livestreamuniverse.com slash sy Full HD and try that out. And of course, if you're not using StreamYard yet, it's time to get started. You can do that by going to livestreamuniverse.com slash StreamYard, livestreamuniverse.com slash StreamYard. In addition, they've upgraded to 720 HD. Uh, well, it was already 720 HD for all users, but they've updated the quality of 720 HD and hopefully videos will play as well. Let me just let Gage explain. Some of you probably uh, already know because uh, if you're watching on YouTube or LinkedIn, uh, you would it, uh, you will see us in 1080 <laughs> right now. So hopefully it looks good. Uh, this obviously we're very happy about this feature because I know it's every <laughs> for those of you who are regular viewers, it comes up every every single week. So we're excited that that has now uh, been been granted. I'll be curious. Maybe we'll still have weeks where people who haven't heard yet are asking for it and we'll be able to say, Hey, it's, it's there. You can change it now. And I mentioned that Gage was, uh, also talking on the town hall Sunday night about improvements to 720 HD. And here's what he had to say about the improvements to 720 HD for people on all the plans. It's a, it's a professional, uh, feature. So it's, I know there's some people were, uh, hoping it would be on, on all the plans, but it is very expensive. So because we're a cloud-based tool that sort of offloads the processing to our own systems, it's it's fairly expensive and a lot of bandwidth to process that much information. Um, so it is on the professional plan, but we do, that's the other part of this announcement, have some significant improvements coming to the basic slash 720 
uh, version of the, the product tonight, actually, to the tool tonight. So uh, it will be a much uh, higher bit rate and, and look uh, much more clear. So I think you'll be surprised by how good uh, the improvements actually uh, look. And who knows, maybe those of you on the basic won't even be interested in 1080 because of how good 720 will uh, will look. All right, so I'm back now, I believe. Um, so we're having issues on the East Coast with power. The power is out, and then it comes back, and it goes out, and it comes back. So I'm going to try and do this, I guess, radio style the rest of the way. Uh, so let's forget the uh, let's forget the visuals and the the videos for now. We're going to bring on Desiree Martinez in a few minutes. I'll also mention that the other new feature, so we talked about 1080p full HD video for pro plan users and upgrades in the quality of 720 HD for everyone using StreamYard, uh, whether free or on a paid plan. The other issue is uh, a countdown timer's been added. So, um, I'm going to live dangerously and let me sneak it, see if I can sneak one more video in with Gage talking about the countdown timer. Added a uh, countdown timer uh, for, for you guys, which is, I've been seeing it all over the place. So it's clearly popular. I can, I'll, I'll demo it really quickly. But as an example, um, we have a countdown timer in the video clip section, uh, which all users can use, right, Dan? Yep. Yeah. So even if you're a free user, you can use the, the countdown timer, which is cool for just understanding how video clips work. So, I won't make you guys watch the whole thing, but I'll play like the first few seconds of it. So here we go. So that should give you some some sense of uh, how, how it uh, looks. All right. So that's the countdown timer. That's available to anyone on any plan. It counts down, obviously, to zero. It's a great way to let people know the show is about to start. And so there's a whole bunch of upgrades that have been coming along over the last few months, really. And uh, if you are not, again, using StreamYard, LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard to get started. Uh, let's get to some industry news if we can. We, again, may need to do this radio style as the screen share is struggling along. Here we go. Here we go. Industry news. PodFest Global Summit is coming up. Um, 
PodFest Global Summit is a virtual summit. It's not just podcasting. It's all new media. It includes a video track called VidFest. Our guest, Desiree Martinez, is one of the speakers there. As am I, we're both speaking on the VidFest track, talking about video. And PodFest is basically trying to set a record. They're going for a Guinness Book of World Records title for biggest attendance at a virtual podcasting event over one week. So uh, it's free to register, livestreamuniverse.com slash podfest, livestreamuniverse.com slash podfest, and you get to see most of the events for free. Our events are, I think, considered master classes, which means I believe they require a VIP ticket, but there's a lot of stuff you can do for free. I'm putting together a live streaming Q&A meetup. It's a free version of my $5 Friday's Q&A sessions. If you'd like to attend that, that's coming up on Friday. Again, you can register for free, then get into the app. You can join the conversation. You can watch a lot of sessions and you can attend meetups as well. Livestreamuniverse.com slash podfest. Most of you are familiar with Libsyn. They're a big player in the podcasting industry as uh, a host, a media host, where people put their audio files. Some people also store video files. They're searching for a new CEO. Their CEO stepped down today. Uh, just thought that was a little noteworthy. Their name is all over PodFest as they are the uh, top-tier sponsor of that event. Also, New York Times is covering live streaming more and more. They had an article called Livestream Your Wedding Like a Pro. And they go through a lot of gear that you could use for live streaming. Most of it isn't gear that I use except for the ATEM Mini Pro. Uh, but I think it's interesting. It's interesting that live streaming is being covered more and more seriously as more and more journalists, I think, look at it as a realistic solution. It's part of the way we live now. And it's worth checking out. Google that article when you have a chance and take a look. See what they have to say. Um, even if you're not planning a wedding right now, which is probably most people, uh, you could still benefit from taking a look at how live streaming is being covered. And also, if you're curious about the gear that they recommend. And Spotify has announced that their podcast listening hours have Return to pre-pandemic levels. It was in an article in The Verge that they mentioned that, you know, podcast listening had dropped as people weren't commuting, as people were working from home, not on the go so much, not detached from uh, internet connection and downloading and listening to audio files. Well, that's returned to pre-pandemic levels, according to Spotify. Uh, so that is the news. Let's bring on our guest, Desiree Martinez. We're thrilled to have her here. She's the founder of All in One Social Media, a YouTuber with over 12,000 subscribers. She is going to be, as I mentioned, the masterclass speaker for VidFest. It's the PodFest Global Summit video track that she actually lined up the sponsorship for our sessions with uh, StreamYard and PodFest, bringing the two events together. 
Um, she's been working with StreamYard on events, sponsorships, and is an author as well. Innovation from Desperation is the book. Desiree, welcome to StreamYard Connect, and welcome to Team StreamYard. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Sorry you're dealing with so many, like, tech struggles today, Ross. You're handling well, it like a champ, though. Oh, thank you, Desiree. I'm going to try and keep it simple. We're going to do this kind of radio style the rest of the way. Not going to try and in interject too many videos or graphics or things. So tell us how you got started using StreamYard, why you picked StreamYard for your videos and what you liked about it, how you came to, to start using it. I was actually a really early adopter of StreamYard. I was a part of the some of their initial beta testing. Um, I actually got into StreamYard from um, my friend Graham, who um, is actually a live streamer in the UK. He does uh, airsoft guns. And so they had like a whole live stream about it. And um, I was looking for something really easy because I had a podcast at the time that I wanted to switch from just like a pre-recorded thing to a live stream to see if like I could, because at the time when I launched my podcast, I actually was living in South Korea. My husband was in the air force at the time. And when we moved to the States, I was like, okay, I don't have to like wake up at midnight, 1am to do <laughs> podcast recordings with people in the States. Like I can like interact with people during normal waking hours. And so I would, I was like, I want to switch and do something. And um, StreamYard was the solution for me because I wanted to make sure my not only did like it was easy to use, I wanted it to look really nice. I wanted mm -hmm. very much to have like really good graphics so I could custom make because I have a graphic design background. And so it just was a really good fit for me with what I needed because I could like game the StreamYard system to look super sexy the way I wanted it to. And so I've been using it since like early mid 2018. And um, I started doing more and more live streaming education and, and questions people were asking me. And so I started talking about StreamYard on YouTube. And at the start of COVID, like streaming, mm -hmm. my how to StreamYard video was always one of my top performing videos. But when COVID hit and everyone was trying to figure out how they were going to grow and interact and engage with people in a new way, my how to stream your video just like exploded on YouTube and for lack of better word went viral like over a year after I had published it. And so I sort of dug into it really hardcore on YouTube. And now I'm almost at the point where I'm making a StreamYard related video almost every single week on my channel to help you StreamYard users with right. figuring out like different things and how to do stuff, like how to make overlays, how to add in video, how to multicast. Um, you know, I'm going to be I, some ones I have on deck or like how to use the green screen and um, just that kind of stuff. So that's how I've been connected with StreamYard. I'm doing all the fun stuff since then. That's awesome. Um, when you talk about your YouTube channel, did you have a big audience on YouTube before you started doing StreamYard videos or was it the StreamYard videos that in the last year that really propel propelled, easy for me to say, your growth to uh, what's uh, around, I think, 12,300 and climbing right now? Yeah. So I was on track um, at November. I was on track to hit 10,000 subscribers by the end of 2020. But because my YouTube channel is geared towards solving people's problems around social media and content marketing, 
it just really accelerated. Because like I said, so many brick and mortar businesses and in-person businesses needed to find a new way to do things. And since my have a giant back catalog and I'm mm -hmm. doing two videos every single week, solving these individual problems, it really helped propel what I was doing. It moved up my timeline by like six months. Right. Um, right. But what's been interesting about it is it's not just me. It's kind of YouTube wide. If you like, especially if like you have found a way to be consistent on YouTube and you're doing things there, kind of everyone across the board has had a lot of growth, a lot of watch time uh, because everyone got stuck at home and we're just trying to figure out like what they were going to do. And I think that there was this balance of like, eventually we run out of Netflix, but you kind of never run out of YouTube <laughs> to watch. And so I think that that's, what's really helped because even with my spike on my YouTube channel, I have kind of leveled out at a steady pace of like, this is kind of like my new normal. And it's been really consistent over the past three months. When you look at um, YouTube versus podcasting, which which did you get started with first? You have such an interesting background because you podcast, you do YouTube, you live stream, and you have the graphic design skills to bring to it. How did it sort of all come together for you? So for me, so it actually goes back really far. So like I became a social media marketer on accident. So um, I graduated from college right before the last recession that we had in 2008. And I have a degree in multimedia art. So it's things like animation, photography, and videography. So like I have that formal education in it. And I wanted to be an animator for Disney and Pixar. But when I graduated, like the entire market just tanked. There weren't right. jobs anymore. People were really going away from what was working and stuff like that. And so I had to kind of pivot. I ended up having to move back in with my parents and trying to figure out like how I can hustle this. And so I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and we have a website here that's called networkingphoenix.com. And it's a great website because it lists all of the local events that are happening mm -hmm. in the Phoenix metro area. And I started going to networking events looking for people who this like needed cheap graphic design work. I was charging like 10, 12 bucks an hour and still being told by people it was too expensive. I might wow. add. And so, it was just <laughs> so like I said, it just comes such a long way. It's just such a reflection of what that time was really like. Right. And so, but all of these adults, I'm air quoting adults, like I'm fully aware I'm an adult. And I even fully aware that when I started doing this at 24, I was technically an adult, but I'm talking like people over 35 and 40 kept asking me, what's this Facebook thing? <laughs> and so I, it was literally the question, what's this Facebook thing? Like I want to put mm -hmm. this on a shirt. And it was what I kept getting asked all the time. And so what happened is Facebook opened up to everybody publicly. I had been on Facebook since college. And so now everybody could use it. And people were like, well, what is this? How do I use this? My kids keep talking about it. Like I don't get it. And so I started using teaching people how to use Facebook as a networking tool. Like, hey, let's get together right. and figure out how we can... You know, I, you can use Facebook, like set up an account, connect with your grandkids and your kids and what you can do with it as a business owner. And then these are back in the days where you could create a Facebook page and like people would just flock to it. Like, you know, right, right. A Macy's Day sale or something. So it was just one of those things. So I started doing that back in 2009. And so um, one day someone said, Desiree, 
you should do this as a business. And I kid you guys not, I looked him in the face. I was like, no one's going to pay me to be on Facebook. Well, I literally eat those words every single day because it's exactly what I do for a living. I manage social people. I manage other businesses, social media platforms. I consult, I help them out. So if you fast forward Mm -hmm. seven years from that point, my husband, again, in the Air Force, we were getting orders to South Korea. And I had a new agency I had started called All in One Social Media, where we help businesses grow with our do it for you social media services. And we put military spouses to work as social media managers. That way they're able to work anywhere that they're stationed around the world. So when we got orders to South Korea, I was like, crap, what am I supposed to do to keep growing this agency? Because Mm -hmm. if I don't have a way to stay connected to people and then find me, like this isn't going to work. and I'm not going to be able to keep putting these, these girls to work. And so I found Vlog Like a Boss by Amy Schmittauer Landino. And it taught me that I could use YouTube to solve people's mm-hmm. problems and still like be my weird self. Right. And I was like <laughs> sold. Well, at the same, so when we moved to South Korea, I got established in August 1st of so 2017, I launched my YouTube channel, but to tie in your podcasting question, I also started a podcast. So mm-hmm. I had a podcast and a YouTube channel that I started at the exact same time. My podcast was called marketing for your boring business. And I just talked to different people in the marketing sphere about different segments. And one of my first guests was Stephanie, uh, Stephanie Lou. And we were talking about like how to have camera confidence. And she had just recently started her lights camera live show. And I was like, when I can, I'm going to start live streaming because this is going to be a great way to take my podcast and make it really interactive. Right. And so again, when you fast forward again a year, we moved to Las Vegas and I was like, okay, now is the time. And I took my podcast and they recorded it live on my Facebook page um, using StreamYard. And I also multicasted to my YouTube channel. So if you were giving a client advice, right, and they said, okay, I'm starting out, I don't have a podcast, don't have a YouTube channel, don't have any type of media other than social posts with text or photos, what would you say to do first? Would you say do live streaming, YouTube, podcast? Like, obviously it depends on what their skill set is, but let's just say across the board they're okay at all of the above. Where would you say, like, somebody should start if they're new to this, this type of media? I actually think that where you start is where you pick your medium. And in mm-hmm. my opinion, everyone should start on YouTube. And and the reason I suggest this is that you have to keep in mind, like I'm an OG Facebook person, like, and I find Facebook to have such tremendous value still. Um, but you have to think about them very differently. So I think everyone should start with a YouTube channel and you should solve people's problems. So I always tell people when you're getting started, you should write down the the top 15 to 20 questions that you get asked all of the time. Right. And make a video about every single one of those questions and answer them. Because oftentimes two things will happen. One, people are searching on the internet for an answer to this exact question. And I want you to show up and YouTube is going to help you accomplish that. And two, you can get the most mileage out of these videos because you can share them with people, make them a part of your email drip campaigns, add them to the FAQ page on your website. There's just a lot of things that can go into that first video. And so, um, 
that's why I suggest people like how you get started. But if we're talking about how you want to deliver that information, whether it's with a pre-recorded video, a text overlay video, or a live stream, the easiest thing is a live stream, right? right. You just bullet point out what you want to say. And since it's something you answer and talk about all the time, it's easier for you to talk about it. So if you just like have that base and you go live and you crush it, like that was like, if you can deliver that information with confidence without fumbling over your words and stuff, do live. However, if you're one of those people that's like the camera kind of freaks you out a little bit, you're a mm -hmm. bit shy or you stumble a lot over what you want to say, or you have very specific things to say, then I would say you probably should go the edited route. That way you can kind of make sure you're delivering the best information while also putting your best foot forward. Mm -hmm. And I'm a huge advocate for being respectful of your viewers time. The more you stumble, the slower you talk, the more that you struggle with delivering information, the less someone is going to watch your video. So if you can't do that in a live stream, do the pre-recorded video. Right, right. We're talking with Desiree Martinez. She's the newest member of Team StreamYard. She's also going to be speaking at the VidFest track at PodFest, PodFest yeah. right? Yeah. It's the VidFest track of PodFest sponsored by StreamYard. You can get your ticket for free and attend. There is a, a an extra charge to catch our sessions, which are uh, masterclass sessions on Friday, but there's a ton of stuff you can attend for free. I highly recommend sign up, check it out, join the app and see what's going on. It's, it's a really a fun community. It's been very active over, over the past week. Uh, okay. Well, so you know what my favorite part is of yeah, what they're ahead. doing with PodFest, and I, and I got this, they're using the Whova app. So when you mm -hmm. sign up you get your ticket, you get to join the Whova app and the Whova app is where all of the engagement is happening. You can find people in different communities. You can talk to people. You can talk to the speakers and the presentations. I know that social media marketing world uses the Whova app very religiously when it comes to their event. And so I'm really excited that I can like dive into it as a speaker and just talk to people and engage with people. It's a really great way for those like, cause there's, online events like we've all right. seen them but this is a totally extra great way to tap into the community and engage and ask questions beyond just the sessions so it's super awesome i couldn't agree with you more i mean this is like the hall at an event you know people go to sessions but they hang out in the hall and they network and they talk to people and they have conversations about what they're working on or just enjoy you know getting together with people that they've known through social well, with a virtual event, and in, this also is actually great, as Desiree said, for an in-person event because PodFest has used it at their previous conference, uh, which was in person. But it's just like, even if you only decide you're going to go to like one session or whatever, it's worth getting in that app and networking and making connections and seeing the discussion that's going on around podcasting, around live streaming, YouTube, new media, social um, self-publishing. There's such a diversity of topics in there that it's almost like, okay, I got to remember to get back to work and stop playing around. <laughs> it, it's a time suck. Like you can get sucked in so easy with it because I remember again, using it for social media marketing. Well, that's like how I would schedule people to like be 
collaborations for videos and meetups and right. different industries like women YouTuber meetups. And it was, it's great. Like if anything, sign up just to have access to the Whova app. Like if you even go to a session, like it's worth it for the networking in that app. And I'm not like encouraging not to go to sessions. You should totally go. Right. You can learn some great stuff, but <laughs> it's super great for the Whova app. That's for yes. sure. And uh, and and you may want to upgrade your to a VIP ticket and attend our sessions as well, which are next week on Friday. So when you're we're using, kind of a big deal. We're yeah, giving the goods, guys. Giving the think, goods. I think we are. I mean, I the coolest thing is when I open the app on Monday and I saw sponsored by Streamyard. Yes. Talk about how that came here, together. I got it, I got and, it pulled up in here, right there. That's yeah. So how did that? How did that come together? Um, how did you make that happen for Streamyard and for Podfest? Um. So part of my job is being on social media all the time in an obsessive, ridiculous way. <laughs> and um, what I so what so to clarify what I'm doing with Streamyard. So. Again, I've been a fan and a user of mm -hmm. Streamyard for a long time. I've done a lot of partnership stuff with them in the past. One of the things I know about Gage and Dan, besides making a killer project, is that they're developers. Mm. And if you know anything about developers, they're great at making good products, but they get so sucked into it that they forget about all of these other things that have to happen with business. And so I was like, guys, let me help you. I love talking to people. I love doing events. Like, let me help you grow your partnership program and find new events to sponsor and Gage is like, yes, please. I don't, I don't have time for it. I need someone to do it. And I was like, I got this. And so what I'm doing with them is like, as I come across things like events that need sponsorship where they could have a, uh, they could fill a niche or a need with a conference or an event, I'm stepping in and being like, Hey, let's coordinate this. And then handing it over to Gage and, and Dan to review to get like the yes or no. And PodFest was a really natural fit because one, they had no live streaming sponsors. And two, um, they're such a great, like podcast um, listening is down across the board. I know that you had mentioned that Spotify says they're back to pre-COVID numbers. But on other places, like on iTunes right. and in Pandora and all, like podcast listening is down overall. But live streaming is up 50% for consumption and for creators like us. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's just a natural fit. And I've talked with other podcasters who are like, yeah, I just started live streaming my podcast and it's been really great because I can do my interview and then I can have like this after the interview section where like we dive into questions and, and build community and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, let's get StreamYard involved in that because the other thing that people needed to do is be easy, which is right. the number one mission of StreamYard. And so it was just a really good fit. And also it's high quality audio, which podcasters need. Yes. StreamYard has figured out how to do audio like no other browser-based app that I've used, I don't think. It's just, it's amazing quality and you can download the MP3 or the video file with the audio. And so it makes it easy to just go ahead and edit that audio and make a podcast because there's no easier way to get on a guest than, than StreamYard. You just send a link but you're you're absolutely right there's a hunger in the podcasting community i have been going to podcasting events a lot over the last couple of years 
because there really aren't that many live streaming events, if any, in person, right? So I've been going to a lot of podcasting events, and I, I, I like the community, and I know a lot of people there, and there is a hunger for learning about live streaming and learning about tools like StreamYard because people are like, yeah, you know, I want to live stream the recording of my podcast or I, I want to go live and do Q&A sessions with my, with my listeners. And um, we did a meetup back at the in-person PodFest back in March, and we had over 50 people there who showed up and were, were pretty excited about talking about live streaming and getting involved in it, some who were long-time StreamYard users and some who were like, what do I do? I, I, I have a phone and I want to go live and a camera and, you know, computer. What, what should I use? What? So it, it's really interesting. And the great thing about the podcasters is on the audio side, they're usually pretty far along. And as you know, like audio takes you 70%, maybe 90% of the way there because most of the value, right? Like if the audio goes out, our conversation's over. There's nothing to talk about. If the video goes out, people can still get the value from our, our conversation. Absolutely. And I tell people all the time that like people can forgive not seeing you. They can't forgive not hearing you. Exactly. Um, so I, and I say that with video across the board, like that's why I think it's so ridiculous when people get hung up on gear. So it's sort of this idea. It's like, you know, you, everyone has a perfectly good camera in their hands, in their phone, on in their hand, life. Where if you just find a good window in a quiet right. room, you have everything you need to create good video. Don't let all of the other stuff stop you from doing what you need to do to get started. Especially now that you can like host live streams with StreamYard from your phone. Like right. all of the excuses are gone. Everything going forward is you. <laughs> right, right. And a live stream audience is much more forgiving than a YouTube audience. I mean, you saw in the beginning that my power went out. and so, Like, people know you're live, so they understand that it's not going to be perfect. When, yeah. you have, when people know you've pre-recorded a video for YouTube, you have to edit out those kind of glitches and, and mistakes. Which brings me to a question. Um, as a live streamer, do you live stream to your YouTube channel or do you mostly live stream on Facebook? Where do you choose to do your live streaming? So when I'm doing live streams nowadays, I'm usually doing them in my Women of YouTube group. So I have a podcast, which again is why mm -hmm. it's a good fit for PodFest, um, called The Women of YouTube, where we're telling the stories of women YouTubers anywhere um, to inspire other women to start creating and keep creating on YouTube. Um, and so I'm usually live streaming into there, showing how to do things, bringing on guests for monthly trainings and stuff like that. In the past, when I when I was live streaming my podcast, I no longer have the marketing for your boring business podcast. I just wasn't getting the conversions that I liked, even with having some of the biggest names in marketing right. on the show. The downloads and the view conversion just wasn't worth it for my brand. And so after 82 episodes, I, I stopped. Um, but I would live stream to both Facebook and YouTube so that I could get the views and it was, or, and it was going up onto YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I think it's really a matter of like, what's right for you. I think that my YouTube channel, 
because I know my audience, it's a resource-based channel. So they want me to get to the point, get right. the solve the problem, then get out. So when I go live doing interviews and stuff, it's really it doesn't convert well. But when I'm like Same on Facebook, <laughs> yeah, when I'm on Facebook, it's totally different. And I and I think that there's just a really big difference. Like if I was a gamer. Or if I was doing something like what Nick Nimmin does or, or D and Daniel Patal were doing with, with live streaming where it's very much a show. It's very much focused on helping people and getting all the people. And maybe if I had a community of over a hundred thousand people or something like that, it would make more sense. And right. I have live streamed and I do live stream with TubeBuddy because I'm, I, cause you, uh, TubeBuddy is my YouTube, uh, my podcast partner. And so I will live stream over there as well. And we use StreamYard in there as well. And it's very easy to use. And we very rarely run into issues. Usually the issues that you have with StreamYard is like the other person, like the guest internet connection. And right. beyond that, it's kind of easy. To, it's easy going. So that's what I think you should do with live streaming. So it's just kind of one of those things like, but I do have a new video on my webs on my YouTube channel about how you can live stream pre-recorded content. Um, and that's been really helpful because live streaming content really converts really well on YouTube. That's, what's really unfortunate. So right. it's just finding the right way to use the systems and create content based on what your audience wants and the problems you're solving. Talk a little bit about graphics and overlays. I mean, we have such a like great opportunity to brand the broadcast using um, overlays, particularly if you know how to do transparent overlays, which I know you know how to do, and I know you know how to work with different window sizes as they move around and so forth. Talk a little bit about how um, you've been able to use uh, your own branding and your own graphics to make a unique looking broadcast with the StreamYard tool. Absolutely. So again, the number one reason I got on StreamYard was because I wanted to be able to have really high quality graphics. And so for me, it was really a matter of like, okay, I need to have something to work from. And so I just, I, I, I had a period of time in my professional life where I actually worked for a local, my local news station. So I knew the importance of graphics. I also knew the importance of like highlighting my sponsors and, and having different ways to make my graphics engaging. And so when I started off, I, I did what uh, I took a screen capture of where the different cameras were laid out based on what I was doing. And I created overlays for them. So I use a combination of overlays and backgrounds to accomplish what I'm trying to do with my, with my stream. So if you ever see a stream that I do, especially when I've like really planned it out and I have all of the graphic magic. So like, let's use this specific layout we have right, right now, Ross, right? So we have this dead space above us and we have this dead space below us. What I would do is I'd make the whole thing like graphically appealing and right. I would like brand it with the top and then I would do a call to action at the bottom with the background. It would not be with an overlay. And if I wanted to add in an overlay that had like the name bars or like how to follow people and stuff, or I wanted to draw attention to like a sponsor, mm -hmm. I would have it as an, as an overlay. So the background would stay the same or I could like delete the call to action at the bottom have my overlay and then in this top middle section that we have right here yeah. i would do a sponsor like presented by mm -hmm. and so my podcast was presented by sendable 
So I would say presented by Sendable and be right in the middle using this space for sponsorship stuff. And then when I would go to the two where the frames fill in more, then I would just have the bottom label or like the question or something and then still have the top sponsor sort of thing. And I would make one with sponsor or without a sponsor. That way I could switch them out. Do you sell uh, packages or do you work with uh, StreamYard users who need help with graphic design? So I actually have free overlays and a video. So if you go to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Mrs. Desiree Rose, okay. um, I have a whole StreamYard playlist and I have one on there about how to make overlays super easy. And I actually give you a whole bunch of free overlays for two to five guests that, and I give you them um, for all of the different layouts that you have, whether it's the close up ones or the far out ones. And I give them to you in three different colors and um, the video pairs with it, how you can go and easily change it with the free tool I use is called Kapwing. Uh, if you're familiar with Photoshop or Adobe Spark or whatever, you can also do it in there. But um, I tried to make it really as easy as possible. And one of the things I am developing is like a StreamYard overlay store where mm. you can buy super fancy, sexy backgrounds and overlays. But it's being put together still <laughs> right right <laughs> they're right. coming so if you get on when i give you when you um get my freebies you do get on my my stream your email list so i'm always sending out emails i give free t i give extra free overlays every month i tell you about videos for new things that are going on i work with stream right about announcements so mm -hmm. it's a good email list to be on because you're getting all of the stream your news <laughs> right right but at some point you will also get the announcement that you can go buy YouTube.com, Mrs. Desiree Rose. That's YouTube.com slash Mrs. Desiree Rose on YouTube. So tell us about your talk coming up at, at PodFest, at the VidFest <laughs> track of PodFest next week on Friday afternoon. Um, the VidFest session goes from about 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. And you're going to be talking about what exactly can we look forward to? Yeah, so my session is called Anyone Can Do Video, Even You. And it's all about like a lot of the things that you're, a lot of the reasons that you're not getting started with video is your is yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like the kick in the pants confidence boost that you need. And then how to get started with video, whether it is stream, live streaming it or pre-recording it or even creating videos where it's like text overlays and stock videos, like whatever right. is happening there. Um, it's how to get started with it. And as you said, like it depends on your skill set, what type of videos you should do, like whether you should live stream, whether you should YouTube, how we didn't really talk about videos in stories or, you know, YouTube videos for Instagram and things like, you know, social videos. Do you, do you look at like those as opportunities to repurpose content or yes. do you create specific content for stories or for I, like the Instagram feed? I kind of have a pretty specific system that I mm -hmm. train people to do, which is like, I believe in creating smart, not hard. I want you guys to remember I'm crazy. I do two YouTube videos every week and I'm thinking about upping it to three because there's so many things going on. 
that I'm just like, I can't like get the information out fast enough. Like for example, I have to make a video today to release this week about Instagram reels, which right. is the TikTok competitor, right? Like all of these things are happening. So it's like, I can't keep up. I don't expect anyone to create as many videos as I do. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. What I expect people to do is create one video every month that they can use as the pillar for all of their content marketing for that month. Because one of the things that people get really have a common misconception about is two things. One, that they have to keep creating stuff all of the time. And number two, they think that when they make something once, everyone sees it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, that's not how social media and the internet works. And so I believe if you create one video every month, solving someone's problems that you know will help people. You use it as a pillar of all of your marketing for the month. And you're going to be able to use it for email marketing, social media, for your e for your Q and A's, for your blogs, for your Pinterest, everything, creating micro content for all of your different uh, social platforms and stuff, putting it on IGT, natively uploading it to LinkedIn, Facebook, all those places. So I think that it's about creating smart, not hard. That right. way, if you don't have time, because so many of us work in our businesses, it's really hard to work on your business. And marketing is something that you have to work on. So if you can do something strategic and smart, it's going to work better for you. What I often say is that in the process of repurposing or even like editing your video and posting it and doing your thumbnail, nothing in it, nothing about it is like in and of itself that time consuming. But when you put all the steps together and you go, okay, I spent an hour on this. I spent 15 minutes on this. And that, like you, I can't tell you the amount of time that like I spend on a three minute video that I upload versus almost anything else that I do. And I spend a lot of time prepping for live certain live stream shows, but like just repurposing that show is much easier than, you know, figuring out, okay, a YouTube video and what am I going to edit? How am I going to edit this? And how am I going to do the thumbnail? And like, there's so it's very, very time consuming, it's but it's also like super rewarding when you, when you do it. <laughs> it's, it, it's rewarding if you do it right. And see the thing mm -hmm. it's when you get trapped in things like it's so easy for all of the shiny, shiny, like everywhere mm -hmm. that you go. Like I said, Reels is out now on Instagram. Like that's going to be a new time suck. So it's just kind of <laughs> one of those things. It's like it's so easy. So if you can create once and use it smart and put in all of the places and do all of the things with that one video, like for lack of a better word, like bleed it dry, right. like you're going to be able to have a piece of content that can keep working for you after mm -hmm. we once you go in to make your next videos but you're also going to have content that you can keep using as it's relevant for your social calendar and you also are going to have um your sanity because you're not going to be stuck in this like wheel of constantly creating content right right well it's so awesome chatting with you and having you on the show um you've been so active in the Streamyard community building community and sharing your knowledge and just being an enthusiastic user of Streamyard. now you're part of team Streamyard. you're speaking at podfest and um it, it's great to have you on Streamyard. connect and look forward to collaborating with you more in the in the future 
It's going to be awesome, Ross. Thank you for having me so much. And guys, if you ever need help or want to know how to do something with StreamYard, please message me because I'm always here to help the yard crush it. Absolutely. And check out her YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Mrs. Desiree Rose. Thank you so much to Desiree for joining us. It is the remix portion of the show. Let's take a look back at last week's highlight where we looked back five years earlier when my guest coach Jenny and I were talking on my second ever live stream. That was 2015. That was the second live stream show I ever hosted. Oh my gosh. You were the guest. I'm always saying to my clients that you have to make sure you're not afraid to have the charming years. And what I mean by the charming years is you kind of look back and you're like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? When you pull out some charming years and put them on display oh my gosh it's hysterical if you're just joining us i'm, I'm gonna play it again i think the strength of and depth of the connections that you make on this platform are more important than the numbers on other platforms i definitely agree with that i mean for me it's about quality and substance over numbers now it depends on your business model if your business model is to sell a million widgets to make your million dollars because they're all a dollar, then yes, numbers is going to be really volume, important. Volume, to you, volume, right? right? <laughs> but for most thought leaders like myself, who are coaches and speakers and authors, we're not so obsessed with the numbers. We're really obsessed with the quality. Find that on Facebook Live, on YouTube, on Periscope, which means it's on Twitter, and on LinkedIn. And also Dana Benz and Kelsey Benz host StreamYard Spotlight Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on the StreamYard Facebook page. And then come back and join us again next Wednesday for another episode of StreamYard Connect, 2 p.m. Eastern. We'll be joined by Jeff Bradbury from teachercast.net will be talking all about using technology such as live streaming and podcasting and youtube videos and a whole lot more in the classroom in the virtual classroom and for all different types of online learning thanks so much for being a part of streamyard connect and we look forward to talking to you again next week 2 p.m eastern on wednesday take care everybody